everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where my co-host and I give our opinions and occasional review review games and movies we watch during the week. I already messed up the intro. My name is Barry. My name's Craig. <laughs> and we're going to start off with the news this week, which there isn't as much news as regular, but I guess it's bigger news if I had to rate it in, you know, size of news. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, first off for me is it looks like games could be 70 bucks for the next-gen consoles due to EA listing the next-gen games like NBA and Madden are both $70 for the next-gen uh, versions of the games. Uh, one, this makes doing the free upgrade thing a no-brainer. Like, you might as well just get the $60 version. I, w- I was planning on just waiting to get the next-gen, but if the next-gen is going to cost me 10 extra bucks then I'm just going to get the regular and upgrade for free. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to... I think it's going to be like a case-by-case basis, I guess. I mean, like for the uh, NBA 2K, for instance, the $100 edition gets you both. So, like for me, I'm going to buy the $100 edition because I normally do, but I'll buy it on Xbox One, and then I'll have the Series X version for free when that comes out. But I don't okay. know how that's going to work with some other games that aren't first-party, because I don't know if they've all said whether or not you're going to be able to upgrade for free. Um, I also have like, it kind of ties into a story that I had that Xbox told all the developers that they can't charge players to upgrade a current gen game, like through DLC. Uh, I just saw that today. So I think, I don't know what Sony's planning on doing, but at least Microsoft's coming out and saying like, Hey, if somebody has the game on Xbox one, you can't charge them a $10 DLC to get the, series x version which is nice so hopefully everybody else does that as well but i have a feeling they won't because everybody will just buy the cheaper version you would think yeah like my personal opinion all this is it kind of sucks i was really hoping games would stay 60 bucks for a little bit longer um but if i know games are constantly you know becoming more and more expensive to make right which i guess if the increase is only ten dollars then i guess it's something we have to live with yeah Um, i was trying to think too when the price jumped from 50 to 60 because i remember it being 50 dollars on um playstation one and i think it was 50 on playstation two i think yeah i think it it had to have started with the ps3 era because i remember some of the or ps3 xbox 360 area right i can't believe i just did (laughs) and also i mean if you go back even a little bit farther like super nintendo days and sega days it was kind of wild west out there because you, I remember uh, for Super Nintendo, I think the Street Fighter 2, like the tournament edition was like $150. Um, so before they really regulated, it was kind of a Wild West scenario out there. So I guess I'm not too upset that the price went up $10 again. I, You know, it was only a matter of time, so not much we can do. We're all going to end up paying it anyway. Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, people who buy a lot of games just in general, you know, this is going to end up, you know, costing, you know, this will be an extra hundred, hundreds of dollars that people have to put toward their very expensive hobby now. So I'd be interested to see, too, if it changes uh, trade in value on games. I know like me and you, I I don't you still trade in a decent amount of games or not occasionally it depends yeah. on if i've have if if there's a bunch of games i've never touched and i haven't like collected the collector's editions of those games i you i i will sometimes trade them in but the moment yeah. it's a collector edition type thing i don't 
Yeah, that's I was thinking about that the other day when I saw that they're raising the price, because I think like if you go to a GameStop now and you buy a game and you beat it in two weeks and you trade it in your normal trade in value is what, like 40 somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if it goes up to 50 or if it stays at 40 and you're just out the extra 10. I feel like it'll stay. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh well you already kind of got my first story there was the no dlc prices so (laughs) if you have another one uh sure so um evo 2020 was canceled due to allegations with the ceo and some smash players about um underage uh sex uh abuse as well um it's it's not evo is a big fighting tournament thing and I like watching the Smash tournaments. I also like. I also was looking forward to watching the Grand Blue Fantasy Versus tournaments as well because I've on this podcast played this game for a little bit and I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's been a lot of outrage, of course, on YouTube. You can look up videos, and everybody has an opinion on it, especially in this community where a lot of the people being added are Smash Brothers Ultimate players, which that is the biggest fighting game in the world right now with some of the biggest raw, you know, with the biggest roster. And that's, what's making the most news right now. It sucks that, you know, some of the players that people like or have done horrible things when it comes to abuse or underage, um, sex. So. Yeah. It just seems to be taking over everything kind of started in the gaming community and it's kind of gone all over to different aspects of the entertainment industry. Yeah, cancel culture is definitely it's what it's all about now. Everybody's just looking to cancel anybody over anything they did in the past. Luckily, after reading this stuff, it this is the kind of stuff that maybe that should be brought up to you know um, to the light because it is stuff that is serious. Just some of the other cancel culture type things and the way they're trying to cancel other people over things that have done in the past and they've obviously changed is just. Uh, it's difficult to watch, but you know, yeah. cancel cancel culture is affecting video games now. Yeah, it really is. I I don't follow too much of the Evo scene just because I don't play too many fighting games. I think the last time I followed the Evo scene was like when Marvel vs. Capcom three was big because that's about the only fighting game I've played. Yeah. Um, but I did see some of the videos and and some of the stuff's pretty ridiculous, like in a bad way, not like. There are some people I think who are being wrongly accused, but there's some stuff out there that's insane, um, especially with underage uh, people. So I guess add another thing to the list of everything getting canceled this year. Yeah. 2020, uh, (laughs) 2020 has been a rough year for since the get go. And we're only getting into the halfway point of it. A little past that now. So, yeah. Uh, on a slightly happier note, I guess for PC players, Halo three is coming out to PC on July 14th. So that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I did see that. I'm interested to see if the, the custom games community has to come out in huge for that. Yeah. There is a part of me that has thought about getting Halo three, uh, for computer just because the custom games were always so much fun. And that game was such a huge game when it, you know, came out, that was, one of like the biggest kind of gaming moments that, you know, in recent memory, I remember having, yeah. Uh, despite that game being as old as it was, it was the game that everybody talked about when it was being released. And for, for good reason. So I spent a lot of hours playing that games with friends from high school and, you know, of uh, custom games and just playing that for eight hours straight till we went to sleep. Yep. 
Halo 2 is by far the one that I played the most, but Halo 3 came out right when uh, I was in college. So spent way too much time on that when I should have been studying. So I do have a lot of fond memories about Halo 3. So be interesting to see. I mean, I have the Master Chief collection on my Xbox, but I might check it out on PC just to see what's going on over there. Just I know everybody's been, you know, asking for it for a really long time and for it to be coming out in a week from now is pretty cool. Yeah, and on a similar note, we will say that the Xbox showcase with all their games is going to be shown on July 23rd at 12 p.m. our time, Eastern Standard Time. Yep. Uh, We will try to see what we can do. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it live, but we will at least be... When we watch it together, we'll try to stream it. I will watch it blind. I won't see anything or stay (laughs) off of Twitter. Yeah, that's a a Thursday, correct? Yes, Okay. So normally on Thursdays, I am not working but you usually are. So it makes it a little bit difficult. So we may just have to do a little bit later one or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make it work. If I got to leave and go back, then we'll see see what happens. (laughs) I'm hoping that we get at least, uh, at least an hour of something. Obviously, you know, you have halo is the big one, but there's some other stuff. There's the rumbles of fable. Um, there's a couple other ones I heard recently, but, it's going to be interesting. This is this is basically, in my opinion, their last chance to make a good case for people to buy this over the PlayStation. I also feel like they should probably do something about the price. Somebody has yeah. to crack. Yep. And <laughs> I, I don't think they will, though. I really don't. It, it, but then from that point is when will they release the price? Right. And, you know, it's you would think like maybe both of them are smart and they decide to wait until if a government pension again, government stimulus check is coming again. Right. You know, are they going to wait till that releases so people can just throw their money at that and be done with it? You know, that, that would be a smart idea on them, but they could have done that during the first wave. (laughs) Right. I would think the stimulus stuff. I would think too, that they have to be getting pushback from retailers at this point, because one, they haven't given a release date. Um, so I'm sure like, I'm sure they have to retailers, but they just aren't allowed to say anything. So if we don't have a release date and we don't have a price and it's supposedly three or four months from now, it's cutting it pretty close. So hopefully we cross our fingers that we get a release date and price from Xbox and then Sony follows right behind. Absolutely agree. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, also on the Microsoft side of news. Uh, Microsoft's looking into buying Rocksteady, which could be big. Um, I don't know if this is on the level of the, you know, the amount of first party properties that Sony puts out, like their stable of developers, but Rocksteady is a pretty big one. And if they can pick them up, especially if they're working on, I, I highly doubt they're working on another Batman game, but I think they were working on some other type of superhero game um, to make that an exclusive would be, pretty big so if that goes through that could be something that would definitely help and it's something they could announce at the at their thing on the 29th if they wanted to yeah from what i heard i do believe that studio is working on another um uh, another batman game i think that studio released an image of and it's something to do with batman in the court of owls i think Mm -hmm. it's called oh yeah you're right so um you know, it's I think it's almost confirmed, but we just don't know what the game is or what it looks like and, you know, whether or not it's going to be 
you know, specifically for next gen consoles or specifically for, um, you know, at the tail end of this, this year ends this year's generation. At this point, I guess they could be waiting for the, the Microsoft reveal event then and just release it then and put it out there. It's world. And if they can come out and say that it's an exclusive, that's a, that's a big win for them. Yeah. Like again, you know, I think I said it last podcast, I just miss E3, you know, that that was the, I liked when we had one central weekend or week um, to, to kind of get all of the video game news and kind of stir all over it. I get that the news is now coming out kind of steady, but you know, Nintendo hasn't done a treehouse event at all or anything like that. So a lot of the games that they're coming out with or they or what they're working on nobody has a clue about yep um and sony and microsoft could have really just done all of this stuff at an e3 and then been like okay here you decide right um but yeah and the, i think the only nintendo news i've seen recently was the i think it was the was it the spanish uh pe- the people who were dubbing this spanish for uh breath of the wild 2 said that they're already done and that's about the only news I've seen recently on any yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I've heard as well. Yeah. And, you know, on the 17th, uh, the Paper Mario and the Origami King comes out. Mm-hmm. So we do have a mainline Nintendo game coming out, but everybody wants to see and know more about, you know, Breath of the Wild 2. Right. To see if it, you know, recaptures both of our, you know, images of Zelda. I know we, you know, they weren't, the game wasn't tens in either of our books, right? But you know, for for me, it was the dungeons, and I think I, you mentioned as well. It was the lack of you know, main boss dungeons mm-hmm. with that game. So I'm just hoping that they do something soon. But you know, we would already have all this news if E3 were. <laughs> yep. If E3 wasn't canceled by COVID, and E3 didn't do its best to try to not cancel itself, because that's what it seems like it's constantly trying to do with you know leaking journalist information and everything like that yeah and i honestly am starting to think more and more that i that e3 may just be done now even if next year comes around and we're good and everything's back to normal i just don't know if it still exists at this point it was already going downhill and i just i don't know i I feel like all the major companies now realize that for sure that they don't need it and it's a lot of extra expense to go out there for the week when they yeah. can just do what they're doing now and release it online for pretty much minimal cost. Exactly. I, I hate to see it go that way, but I really do feel like that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. I feel like it'll be something now that's more like a PAX East yeah, or PAX West or something like that, where it just ends up becoming a gaming convention. There are no conferences, maybe slight little news comes out, but it's going to be where, you know, the public gets to play games before they come out and, yeah. you know, get to test them or, you know, give opinions on them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw this. I saw this just before we started, but the uh, Werewolf Apocalypse game that I forget where they announced that. Which stream was that? That was that was at IGN. That was one okay. of the first days of yeah. their um, days of play. All right. Did you see the gameplay trailer? I did. <laughs> OK, um, I don't I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, it kind of reminds me of a game from like the 360 PS3 area. Um, it's not what I expected, honestly. It could still be okay, I guess. But man, that's out there. If you haven't seen it, you definitely need to check it out. I think it's like a minute long. But uh, wow, 
Yeah, it, it was one of the games that I thought had an interesting premise to it. Right. But we, I, I guess we have to see more of the game, you know. I think they even said it's now coming out next year. It's not coming out right. this year anymore. It's like February so, or something. Yeah, so, well, hopefully they're hopefully they're going to touch it up and make it better and that kind of thing. But um, Yeah, it just looked very unpolished. I don't know. Hopefully it's just early development. But not what I expected from the original trailer to the gameplay trailer at all. I would have to agree with you on the same <laughs> way with that one. Yeah. Uh, yep. Not not so much in like Pacific Gaming news, but what I will mention too, and I guess this means a lot more to me, is uh, Game Informer, the editor-in-chief Andy McNamara, who's uh, been there since the start for 29 years, has been the head of it, is leaving Game Informer. And is going to be moving on to apparently a new company or a new project uh, later this year. Uh, I'm mentioning it here because it means a lot to me. I've followed Game Informer for a lot of my life. Mm -hmm. And Andy McNamara being the uh, editor-in-chief of that entire thing. I I knew who he was. You'd seen his face. And, you know, he's just a guy that cares a lot about video games. And for my bias, I really like Game Informer. I love their podcast. I love their magazine. You know, I love that they they're now switching to a more digital thing with a lot of a newer crew so i see their reviews they're now posted on their youtube and you know i only wish the best for them and i wish the best for andy but it kind of feels like a end of an era with someone who's been at game informer for so long is now leaving i just hope that the the magazine continues to find support and I know a lot of their subscriptions come from GameStop and their power-up cards. Right. But this is like one of the few magazines that I would probably end up subscribing to just if GameStop doesn't become a thing and people still want to do that type of subscription service. This is like the one magazine I would go to for gaming to continue, you know, hearing about all the new stuff. I just like the people there and it just sucks that uh, he's leaving, but good for him. Yeah, everybody moves on eventually. It is the like the one holdout magazine i can think of for gaming and if that ever goes i'm going to be pretty upset because you know there's not going to be much left i don't even know if like if there's still like an official xbox magazine like there used to be i don't think so um but yeah it, that does suck but you know nothing but the best to him he's put in a lot of time uh and work so hopefully wherever he's going next is i don't know he gets the same success i guess yeah, he's they're they're stationed in Minnesota, and he's moving to LA apparently for this. So he, you know, he gets to leave the very cold winters of <laughs> yep. um, of Minnesota and gets to go to a warmer climate. And you know, all the best to him. I'm going to be keeping an eye on what he's doing next. Hopefully, it's got something to do with gaming still. But uh, I just feel like we should mention that because he's been a he was a big reason for one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast and and you know, start doing the news about video games and trying my best to, you know, get into gaming as much as possible. So, yeah. you know, shout out to him and best of luck to him <laughs> wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, last bit of news I have that I literally just saw before we started here is there's a bit of rumblings that uh, Microsoft might have a big title uh, on Game Pass pretty soon after release and they're hinting towards that it could be cyberpunk um i don't know how true this story is right now it seems like a rumor but getting something like cyberpunk on game pass could be huge for them 
Um, I can't imagine the amount of money they would have to pay to get that on Game Pass. But man, that would be huge, especially coming next gen for them to say that, hey, if you buy our console and, you know, they're usually doing Game Pass for like, what, a dollar a month sometimes. You can yeah. you automatically have Cyberpunk to play. That's crazy. So and it'd again, probably take up half of your hard drive while you're at it. <laughs> right. So I don't know how much weight you want to put into it. It's not a confirmed thing. It's just that it came out that they were working on a deal to get a big title on Game Pass, and that's where everybody was kind of hinting to. So I guess we will wait and see on that. It would have to be astronomical amount of money yeah, to do yeah. so because like CD Projekt Red is one of the few like still independent developers and you know they they make the witcher series they've done i think a, a couple other side projects as well but they're mostly known for the witcher yeah i just hope that you know if if xbox is shelling them out the money and if any company could do it it's xbox right. would, or microsoft i should say would be able to shell out the money for that kind of thing and as long as CD Projekt Red is making money and making good games, it's all good for them. I support them. Yeah, I guess I kind of looked at it as, you know, the article said that it would be shortly after release of the game. So if you think about everybody who's going to play that game already has that game pre-ordered. So CD Projekt Red is going to get their money. Um, and then if on top of that, they somehow find a way to make a deal with Microsoft to get even more money to put it on game pass after everybody pretty much already bought it. They're pretty much doubling down. So I wouldn't blame them in the slightest for doing it. Yeah. Uh, my final thing is the crisis remake uh, was leaked with a trailer and it looks really bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If it's been a while since crisis has come out, but crisis three used to be the benchmark of if your computer can handle it at ultra settings, yep. you know, you're, you have, you know, a, a top of the line computer and with the trailer that came out, it looked, it, it just didn't look as good. It looked like it had been scaled back in a lot of ways. And shortly afterward, the trailer was kind of taken down and they went, Oh, oh you know, sorry, sorry. You guys saw it like this. <laughs> and, a lot of people were mad because, you know, it's supposed to be this game that, you know, is the prettiest game of all time. Like people want want this game to be the next benchmark again when it comes to gaming. And if you have a good gaming PC, yeah. I also know that uh, Crisis, I think the remake was coming to consoles as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a good game that should come to consoles eventually. But if the remake looks as bad as it did in that trailer, which might, it, you can probably find it now, you know, once something's on the internet, it's there forever. But uh, specifically, they just, they can delay it. I don't care. I'm excited for Crisis re re Remaster and Remake, but I did not need it looking like that. <laughs> I'm going to do an unpopular opinion here, but the original Crisis, in my opinion, was not a good game. I really don't think it was. I think, you know, it was the game that everybody put on their computer to see if you could run it. Um, but I never thought that the game itself was that great. Um, and I remember playing like Crisis 3. I remember playing that on console. Um, but yeah, I, that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people like that game, so I wasn't that, you know, excited about a remake. I just I don't know. I just never thought it was that great of a game. 
I prefer Crisis Three over yeah. over the original Crisis, but if there was a chance for them to update it and make it more presentable and make it more accessible to people, this would have been it. Yeah. So just the fact that it looked as bad, you know, just kind of, kind of gives you the impression that the game company is just kind of like, okay, we're just going to port it over kind of like what mafia did yeah. where, you know, the upgrading of, you know, the 4k resolution textures was not a thing, but you know, that's, that's another thing. And, you know, hopefully mafia and, and crisis goes ahead and fixes their problems <laughs> with that. I mean, the, the first mafia game there, that's the, the only one that they're actually remastering that just got pushed back another month. So Obviously, they're not done with it yet either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's it for the new section. The next section for us is games played this week. And now that I had some time to get away from Last of Us, yep. uh, I've got, I was able to play some other games. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And side note, before we get into the new games, if you haven't listened, make sure you check out the uh, spoiler cast we did with our guest, Tom Iacuzio. It was a great time. Yeah, one thing I will mention, it is heavy spoilers. Yeah, so if you yeah, yeah. don't want spoilers, you know, listen to it later when you have either finished the game or are accepting of the fact that you are, you know, you're not going to finish it. You just want to hear about the ending. Yep. Because I, I went pretty in depth about what ha- actually happened in the game. You did. In retrospect. So I, I if you close your eyes and listen to my words, you could probably <laughs> just imagine what happens at the end. Yep. You could save yourself 60 bucks and just have Barry describe everything to you. Yeah, if you guys want a series where I just spoil all the endings with verbal communication, I'll do it. I'll give you a series on that. There could be a, there could be something there. We might have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you play? Uh, so, for games played this week, I am currently, and I even have it right next to me. I restarted Pokemon Shield. Okay. Uh, when the DLC came out, I looked at my team and I just went, "Nah, I want to start over." So I'm I'm playing the game in a Nuzlocke way, which if you don't know, like there's all these rules to Nuzlocke uh, Pokemon games, but uh, the meat of it is when your Pokemon faints, you can't use him anymore. Okay. So it makes the game a lot harder and requires you to think about matching type ups and what you know a certain Pokemon's moves can be. Because if he one hit KOs you, you know, your starter, you know, the typically the strongest Pokemon on your team could just disappear in the blink of an eye. Right. So I'm I'm having fun with that. I know we didn't I don't think we ever gave our opinions on Pokemon Sword and Shield because that came out before we started the podcast. We I had it on uh, my games of the year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just with uh, like the Pokemon, like and my my opinion on it in general, because I had finished it before Mm -hmm. i really like the europe type storyline to it i like the pokemon you get but i will i will admit i was some of the people that was very disappointed with the fact that you know the game isn't this hd you know mouth-watering experience or eye-bleeding experience i should even say um a lot of the models and moves were reused for the pokemon and I'm hoping that when they come out with either, you know, the Gen 4 remakes or the the next generation of Pokemon, whatever that may be, they really start to take advantage of the system and whether or not a new Switch is coming out or not, they just, they make the game feel a lot more next gen, you know, or, you know, like they finally have moved from the handheld over to a home console. Yeah. Yeah, that could be cool. So are you, did you play through it all the way yet or not? 
No, I just oh. I just restart uh, I restarted it and I'm uh, I'm not even past the first gym battle yet, but I okay. am playing it cool. a couple hours a day. But I'm yeah. I'm enjoying my time with it. Yeah, it's been kinda nice to now that we're both done with The Last of Us, I've I've been trying to play stuff that isn't too taxing on me right now, just kinda chilling. I did like I reinstalled Red Dead Redemption two for like the fourth time but I haven't started it up yet because I feel bad. Like I bought that game the day it came out and you know, everybody says it's such a fantastic game, but for whatever reason, I just, just can't bring myself to play it other yeah. than I, I think I got through like the first four or five hours, I believe, but I will get to it. Um, sometime <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I keep installing it and uninstalling it cause it takes up like a hundred gigs. It's just a monster. Um, I did play uh, West of Dead, which is, I guess, if you took Ghost Rider and put him in hell, and it's he's voiced by Ron Perlman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, oh, this is like a Diablo-style, top-down-looking type of game. I could get into this. And uh, played, started it up and very quickly realized that it's a uh, run-based type game where when you die you start over and okay. I, I cannot get into those games for the life of me um so immediately it was kind of at a disadvantage once i figured that out but the controls are uh iffy they you know when you're aiming it's you know you aim with the right analog stick and then shoot and a lot of times you're aiming at one enemy and it'll decide that it wants to shoot the guy at the other end of the room instead which can be pretty frustrating, especially if it causes you to die and you have to start all over again. So um, I'm not digging it at all. I think I put like two or three hours into it and I was like, all right, I think I'm good. Um, I did check out some other people's reviews and it doesn't look like it's getting very favorable reviews right now either. So it's not just me. Um, if you do want to check it out, it is on Game Pass, so you don't have to put the, the money down for it. But it's a definite pass for me. And then the next part with me is going to be, I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn again, and All right. I, I'm really trying to finish it. Like, <laughs> I I want to finish this movie. Uh, sorry, I mean, this this game. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the game plays fine. The game the game still looks incredible, for, for sure. Aloy is definitely, like, her, her character design and the way her hair moves when she's... Uh, like when she's moving is definitely just super realistic, which, you know, for a game that old is sort of surprising considering that, you know, we just came back from the last of us too. Yeah. We, I am a little bit upset with like the lip syncing. Cause when people talk, it doesn't feel like their lips are actually moving to what they're saying. So that is irking me a little bit, but I am taking my time trying to get through horizon zero dawn. And it's, I've always enjoyed the game and I've always liked it, but my problem is, I, you know, it just gets, for me, it just gets lost with a bunch of other games that, you know, I'm trying to play. Yeah. And we had talked to, I had said that I also wanted to get back into it this week, but I'm at like a, I guess a crossroads because my save file is about 12 hours in when I stopped and I'm kind of still trying to decide if I start it from there and just don't remember anything or even how to play the game or if I go all the way back to the beginning. I just... I don't want to go all the way back to the beginning and then get to right where I was and give up again. So I still haven't even touched it because it's just giving me anxiety thinking about it, <laughs> but I do want to finish it as well. I feel like 
it deserves that much from me that I at least finish the game. Even if that means I just abandon all the side quests and just try to force my way through it, I think I should at least do that. Especially yeah. with the new one coming out next year. Yeah, I, I want to know the story mm-hmm. uh, in order for in order to enjoy the next one coming out. And people just continue to say, skip all the side missions, just do the story, go straight for it. Which, you know, I'm thinking about, thinking yeah. about just, just trying to do story and fighting my urge to do all the side quests that come up every gosh darn time. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So there's another a game, a quick game I found called Fractured Minds. Um, this game probably took me about, I want to say, 30 minutes to beat tops. N- nice. Real- okay. Speedrunner. I like yep, it. Yeah. Uh, the game itself, I believe, was made at like one of those... I don't even, I forget what they're called, but the ones where a bunch of programmers get together and they try to make games in a day or two. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm blanking on what that's called. I, I, yeah, I forget what it's called <laughs> as well. Um, but anyway, it's a game that has to do with uh, anxiety. So there's like six different levels and each one's supposed to be a different type of anxiety um, that you have to kind of go through. One is uh, like crossing the road without getting hit by a car. And another one is... Your very first one is you're in a room and the door's locked and there's a million keys, but none of them are the right one. And it's just like, it's very interesting, um, something different. And, you know, beating in 30 minutes is kind of cool. So you can just kind of sit down and play and see what they were thinking. My only issue with the game is it's extremely buggy. I had to restart a couple of times some of the levels just because I would get stuck or something else would happen. It wouldn't allow me to go forward. Um, It's you know, graphics wise, it's not anything special to look at. You know, I mean, it was made quickly, but the idea of it is pretty cool. Um, I played it on Xbox. It was free on there. I'm I'm pretty sure it's on PC as well. I don't know if it's on PlayStation or not, but I would tell everybody just to check it out. It's, you know, if you got 30 minutes to spare, um, it's, it's pretty cool. If, you know, a little bit more polish, I think it would be a definite checkout, but if it interests you at all just to kind of play a game that deals with anxiety and social anxiety and pretty much everything else like that, it, it, it was uh, interesting. So definitely check it out. Yeah. And uh, now not a game that I'm playing, but I've been keep looking at my shelf for mm-hmm. is days gone. You know, I keep telling myself I'm done with the zombie craze, mm-hmm. but then games like the last of us Two make me realize I'm not like I enjoy <laughs> it still. And I got about, I think, two hours in to Days Gone, and I I never played it since. Um, <laughs> I never had a bad experience with the game. The two hours I the two hours I played were fun. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of you know uh, I have a horrible habit of like games just kind of get lost, yeah, and everything. And I'm afraid to start up Days Gone because Shishima is coming out, right? And so is Paper Mario. So there's all these you know games coming out that are that are going to be coming out soon. And I'm afraid it's going to get lost again, much like horizon could probably very well get lost in me playing ghost Shishima. So it, I I'm looking for an excuse to not play days gone, but every time I look at it and I even downloaded all the updates the other day, which there was like a good 40 gig update when oh, I wow. clicked on it. So it, that's just how long I haven't played it in. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I want to get to it. You know, I know there was a lot of discourse with the game, especially specifically with IGN's review yeah. of the game. I remember hearing it and 
it's one of the few things where I went, wow, I got a six. Like, PlayStation's been killing it with their exclusives. And then all of, like, the public came out to defend this game, you know, and why IGN would have given it a six or something like that. So right. I... I want to try it for myself to see whether or not it deserves that six, but it's just another one of those things where I'm afraid that I'm going to pick up Ghost Shishima and then it's going to, I'm going to be lost in that and forget yep. about days gone again. Yep. I mean, that's the same boat I'm in. I have, you know, a stack of games I want to get through. Horizon's one of them. Still have Detroit, Red Dead Redemption, um, just all these games, Dying Light. And I'm just, I'm afraid uh, Red Dead for sure. I'm like, I know I won't, get that done before paper mario or ghost comes out and it's just going to go right back to not getting beaten by the time i get back around to it i'm going to forget everything i already did um so that's why i've been kind of sticking to shorter games lately plus we have you know potential game of the year candidate coming out this friday in uh, deadly premonition too so you want to clear your schedule for that one yeah, I I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I I think I should just download it for the sake of research reasons to Maybe. see what this game is and it's going to be available on the Switch so I know I can stream it. Yep. So, we'll we'll just see what happens. Deadly Premonition is definitely not my type of game, but I I don't think it's anybody's. <laughs> but it's it's funny looking at all the comments though. Everybody's like, "Oh, this game looks terrible. The frame rate looks bad. Every Lot, lines aren't delivered correctly and it's just a matter of everybody is on there it's like perfect it's just yep. the way it should be and i'm like <laughs> what how yeah how can games continue to go further and further beyond like in realism and technicality but deadly premonition is the one you know excuse to the rule and that kind of thing so it's good every once in a while have a game that it can just be way out there and terrible and everybody's okay with <laughs> This one, I I, I, for sure, it's going to be a terrible game. It's going to get reviewed horribly, but it's still everybody's going to play it. You know they will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so last game I played uh, was also another game that requires not very much thought, but uh, it's called Lonely Mountains Downhill. Uh, it's quite the title. And uh, to explain it to you, you basically are biking down a mountain, and that's about it. And I've been having a ton of fun with it. So they have different challenges you do where it'll be like, hey, get down in this amount of time and you can only wreck this certain amount of time. And every so often down the mountain, you'll have checkpoints. So if you do wreck, you go back to the checkpoint. It's just a super simple game. And I've been digging it. And I think it's just because in the back of my mind, I'm getting pumped for Tony Hawk coming out. So I'm looking for any type of like sports game that'll fill the skate or tony hawk void that's there right now um so it's i've been having a lot of fun with it it's obviously nothing again it's not a pretty game to look at it looks bad um at least the, <laughs> the character models look bad um it's very polygony but the actual mountain even though it's polygon rendered can actually be pretty uh pretty beautiful at times they do a you know the depth of field is pretty cool the lighting's pretty cool so you can tell they put a lot of work into it. It handles very well. Um, it's not a game where you're like doing tricks on your bike. You're literally just biking down the hill. You have one button next uh, pedals, another button pedals harder, but you have a stamina meter and the other one breaks and that's it. So been having a ton of fun with that the past couple of days, just mindless, mindless fun. 
Yeah, it, it sounds like uh, it sounds like the game, and I watch a lot of YouTube and Inside Gaming. It sounds mm-hmm. like the one game they were talking about where it's an indie game, and this game would not have – and those type of games don't sell well, just right. usually. Like if you make a hard copy or something like that, it won't. But f- with Game Pass, of course, I think that's what you got it on, right? It was yep. free on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that those games are free, and you can tell all your friends to download it, and you can play it together. Yep. And apparently, you know, these – uh, these developers make money either off of each download or, or money up front. And apparently the game's doing very well. It's uh, it's going to stay on Game Pass for a long time from what I heard. And it's just a matter of Game Pass is not only an incredible deal, but it's also doing a lot for the uh, indie industry Yep. where, you know, your game is free, which means people are going to try it at least mm-hmm. if they're extremely bored and looking for something to play. So it's, you know, is there? There's that buy-in. You know, in for a penny, out for, out for a lot more. At yep. least in this case. Yeah, it's been it's been great just to kind of go through Game Pass and just be like, oh, I'll download that game, and then have like ten games downloading in my queue, and just kind of go through and pick and choose and play through them, and not really have to worry about. Probably this would be a game that would have been like ten bucks, and I wouldn't would have never thought to even you know throw ten bucks at it, but since it's free and I'm like, Oh, I'll check it out. And now that I played it, I'm like, Oh, I probably would have paid 10 bucks for this. So, <laughs> I mean, and I guess in the back of my mind, then if they make another game, this developer, then I'll be like, Oh, I should probably check out that game. So it's yeah. win-win for them. Yeah. Uh, I didn't play any other games this week. Are you, you good as well? Yep. That was it. All right. So we're going to go into movies, mm-hmm. which I got some this week, guys. Sweet. I did it. Yes. I watched the movies, not just, so me. I guess, so I guess the first one I watched, and I guess is the most interesting of the bunch for me, is the Netflix original Eurovision Song Contest and the Story of Fire Saga. Oh boy. It's the official name. And what a movie. It is interesting. <laughs> I watched a lot of it like in the morning. I went to work, and then I came back and watched the rest of it. But it's starring Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. And these are two lifelong friends who they start like this band and they're also in Sweden, I believe. Uh, And the Eurovision Song Contest is kind of like this global song contest that can get people to, you know, people vote for their favorite country and everything like that. And countries vote for their two favorite singers as well. And the whole point of this is that they're not that good. Um and even Will Ferrell's character, Lars, he has a father named Eric, who's played by Pierce Bronson. Mm-hmm. And he, he hates it. He hates he, he wish he'd stop doing all of this. And it all started after Will Ferrell's character's mother died. Um, you know, the, all of his family sitting around the TV and they're watching Eurovision and Will Ferrell's character like just becomes hypnotized by it. And everybody keeps telling him to stop dancing and stop singing. And then he looks around after everybody's laughing at him and goes, stop laughing. You know, I'm going to win this competition. And it takes you through the story of a much older, um, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams character. And they kind of go through, they somehow make it into the, I shouldn't say somehow, uh, because, (laughs) um, like the way, the way this, the movie keeps the comedy up, it's just funny. You know, you have actors like you've Demi Lovato in here who 
is in it for just a little bit, but it's it's a classic Will Ferrell movie. I'm I, I'm becoming a fan of Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know a lot about her as an actress. Um, she looks hot on this movie. I'll say that. And their lame Swedish accents are just freaking hilarious. And <laughs> the songs that are in there are, are actually kind of fun. They're they're bangers. I, I would download a couple of them onto my uh, oh man onto my phone. So. <laughs> If you haven't checked it out, you, you probably should. Um, it has a lot of pretty good actors and then a lot of other ones, of course, that aren't there. But the the comedy is in Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams' character, how, you know, they like each other, but they don't do anything together or Will never asked, you know, uh, or Will would never ask Rachel, McCharacter's, Rachel McAdams' character to marry him. And then there's this other guy who tries to come to take Rachel's character away from Will Ferrell so it's there's a lot of these there's a lot of funny parts and I was really surprised by the song if if you have Netflix and you like Will Ferrell this is definitely a fun movie to watch <laughs> yeah it seems like the split is pretty much what's normal with a Will Ferrell movie where the the critics don't like it but it seems like you know the the average user review seems to think it's okay I have it on my list I just haven't gotten to it yet so I'll definitely have to check it out I enjoy Will yeah. Ferrell. He does some funny stuff. Yeah, and all the other supporting actors too are are, are really good. Uh, the like the whole thing is there like the Swedish people can't afford like all of you know an entire country because if you win Eurovision, you then host it the next year. And Sweden's like, we can't handle it. The country <laughs> would go bankrupt. So the whole thing is you know like they don't want them to win. But uh, through through circumstances, they continue to go and uh, continue to perform. So it's just funny. <laughs> um, all right. So the first one that I watched this week was the big release for Disney Plus, which was Hamilton, the yes. uh, Broadway show. Did you watch it? I have not. No. Okay. Um, musicals technically usually aren't my thing. Right. But I will. Uh, I, I've been meaning to watch this and I probably will sometime this week. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a, you know, it was a big deal when it came out, you know, for Broadway and everybody wanted to go see it. And, uh, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda is, you know, he's a genius and I see him doing all this stuff. He did this and obviously he did the music for Moana. Um, but for me, uh, when my kid was little, she watched a lot of Electric Company, which was on PBS and he was in that. So that's what I always know him from. And that's what I always associate with him with is the rapping character in a kid's show. Um, but Hamilton in our house, I think has been watched like four or five times already. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wife and the daughter are both huge, huge fans. They listen to the music all the time. Um, I like you, I'm not a musical fan whatsoever. Um, the only one that I can really get into is rent and I can't watch like, there was a, they came out with a Broadway, like a recording of rent on Broadway that they released quite a few years ago on Blu-ray. And like, I can't really get into that, but the actual movie version that they did, I really enjoyed. So I think it's just something about it not being an actual movie. And even though it's filmed very, very well, so it looks very close to a movie production it is still a Broadway show on a stage. And it's a little bit harder for me to get into. Um, but that being said, it's not really my thing. So I am i can't say that I just enjoyed it so, so much, but <laughs> you can, you can tell the amount of work that went into it and like the amount of talent 
that's there is very impressive. The music's really good. I mean, it's a mixture of obviously your Broadway type songs, but they bring a lot of like hip hop influences and that kind of stuff. There's some standout scenes for me where um, Hamilton, who's played by Lin-Manuel Miranda, is doing a debate with somebody else in Congress and they literally do it like a rap battle. Um, So to me, that was pretty cool. Um, So it's definitely... It's very, very cool. I just don't think I'm going to hold it in as high regards as everybody else does just because I'm not a Broadway fan. So I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm just going to say that it's not really for me. But definitely check it out if you like musicals or Broadway or if you're even remotely interested in Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton is in recent history like one of the, you know, biggest musicals that nobody can shut up about. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like I would be doing a disservice to myself not to watch it. Everybody does say the same thing where these songs are really incredible. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I I have to do myself a service and watch it just because it's something where I would never go to Broadway and pay for it. One, because tickets are extremely expensive and also limited because everybody tries to get in it. But I know this was also played with the original cast. Yes. Which, of course, now Hamilton on Broadway has a different cast. It's different people. So to get it to see in the original, I think, was probably the only way that I really would have wanted to see it is with the original cast where all of the hype originally came from. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody, I mean, it's almost three hours long. It's like your typical Broadway show. Um, but I think everybody at least owes it to attempt to watch it. Even if you don't necessarily get through it, you should at least try um, because it is, you know, it is part of our culture the past couple of years. So if you want to have any idea what everybody's been yelling about nonstop, you should at least give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, then for me, they aren't movies, but I, I've been trying to, I went on like a comedy special kick. All right. Uh, so I watched the George Lopez and the Eric Andre comedy special, two very different comedians. I found out. Yeah. Um, George Lopez is Latino. So am I. So I try to support anything that I can with Latino type stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I guess he's just not as funny as I remember him being in the George Lopez show on Nick at night. Like that, that show when I was little was such comedy gold <laughs> and uh like it was so funny like he still does a lot of stuff that you know jokes that a lot of latinos would get which i did find myself laughing at but and i'm just gonna get straight into it with eric andre show i i didn't i've never thought that i've been into like this vulgar type of comedy which is what eric andre is very like good at Mm -hmm. is making himself a wild character telling these insane stories of we you know about drugs and definitely overplaying it with his body and maybe it was because i was just in the right mood but i found his comedy special hilarious all right now if if you're looking to watch it you know it is a very mature uh comedy special like it's drugs um he at the end he takes off of his pants (laughs) and and you know tucks his privates behind him but then the camera then shows the back of him so you see it anyway (laughs) so it's it's a funny thing there, but uh, you know, I'm just starting to learn more about like the comedy um, stuff. And then I started watching the uh, Joe, Joe Coy, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't finish his comedy special, but I started watching it. But you know, it kind of reminds me that comedy's changing, and it's a matter of you know, Eric Andre seen such such success because 
teenagers, all they want to do is laugh at drug stories and laugh at people being crazy. And Eric Andre is that to a T. Yep. Especially if you if you've ever seen his show, and if you look on YouTube, there are plenty of clips of of his show, and it's it's nuts. It's off the it's off the wall. It's unpredictable, which is what everybody's looking for. Yeah. So if if you're into that type of comedy, the Eric Andre show was hilarious. I found myself, you know, almost crying of tears um, with with some of what he was talking about. And the George Lopez show was a smarter one. I didn't laugh as hard, which I'm not sure if that's what I'm supposed to do with comedy specials. But I, I enjoyed it nonetheless. But maybe that's because he's Latino. <laughs> I noticed the Eric Andre one on Netflix. But for me, like the, his show... I, I never found funny, so I'm curious to see if I would still like his stand-up. I feel like maybe I'm just not the demographic for his show. Maybe I'm a little too old, possibly, because um, I know like a lot of people will be like, oh, you got to watch this. This is really funny, and I'll watch it and be like, I didn't find it funny. So maybe it's just going over my head, but I do want to watch it because everybody says that his stand-up is pretty good, so I'll definitely yeah. check that one out. Yeah, the first half was slow. It wasn't as funny, but then during the second half of the show, it just starts. It just starts going off the wall, <laughs> you know. And I won't spoil what happens, but he takes somebody's phone and starts like FaceTiming their mom, <laughs> and it's like the interaction's hilarious. And a, a part of me does think it was scripted in a way, mm-hmm. but who really knows? <laughs> uh, but the you know his his was laugh out funny and i didn't think i was into that comedy either i thought it was just going to be me just like oh my god like he just looks like an idiot but (laughs) for whatever reason i actually found it funny yeah i'll check it out um so i watched uh the outpost which is a movie it's a military type movie um on a side note before i get too into it orlando bloom is in this movie and him doing an american southern american accent is hilarious because we, I mean, I personally identify him as an elf from Lord of the Rings. So going from that to like this macho dude with a, a hick type style accent is hilarious to me. Um, but it basically has to do, it's a true story about an outpost uh, in Afghanistan that these men are ordered to hold. And this outpost is completely surrounded by mountains on all sides. And, uh, you know, every day the Taliban would come to the mountain and look down and just basically shoot at them um, just to mess with them and to figure out what their reactions were, basically to take it over. So the outpost was seen as pretty much like a death warrant for anybody who goes in there because, you know, you're at such a disadvantage. Um, it was an interesting movie. It's filmed very well. There isn't too many people that I recognize in this movie other than Orlando Bloom and Scott Eastwood. Um, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I haven't really seen a military, you know, like a war type movie in a little bit. So it kind of hit that itch for me. I was looking for something a little bit more action oriented. And this, I believe, just came out on digital. So it was it was good. I would definitely say check it out. I think it's only up for rent right now. I want to say it's probably 10 bucks. I don't remember if it was 10 or 20. But um, if you're into that, if it sounds interesting, it is a true story, like I said. So um, all the people that they're using, their names are the actual people who were there. Uh, so sounds cool to you. Then check it out. If you're not into war type movies, then this is going to be a pass. Um, yeah, or if you just want to hear Orlando Bloom do a weird accent, I guess check it out, too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch anything else? 
No, it, it was going to be. It's going to be those two. You know, okay. I've, I, I've, I, I did better this week. You know, I, I watched yeah. something, and I plan on, I, I plan on watching more stuff this week. Now that I've, the, my weekends are not as busy as they once were. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking to get more into stuff and hopefully be able to watch more things. I, I will admit it's sometimes hard to pick. You know, there's so many choices right now on Netflix, yep. especially. Yep that sometimes I just get overwhelmed with everything that, you know, I'm supposed to watch. And you know, like, uh, unless it's a series I'm already invested in, like I'm going to watch the boys season two. And I think that comes out in fall mm-hmm. of this year, but it's just a matter of every time, you know, I, I go into Netflix, there's always like 10 different things that I haven't seen. And it's like, Oh, what do I watch? <laughs> I think I spend more time trying to find something to watch than actually watching sometimes. Like I spend a lot of nights, like a good 30, 45 minutes just scrolling through Netflix trying to find something. And yeah. then I'll end up on something I've already watched anyway. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's that's all I watched as well. So there's a couple of movies coming out, I believe, on Netflix this week. I think Charlize Theron's movie is coming out, which I'm pretty excited for. I think it's called The Old Guard. So I'll definitely be watching that this weekend. Um, and there's some other ones in there, too. All right. Well, uh, that's going to be it for this week's podcast. A couple minutes under what we usually put through, but after after all the content we did with The Last of Us 2, I guess it makes sense that uh, this has happened. Yep. So uh, if you're interested in listening to the podcast, first off, thank you. Also tell your friends about it and continue to help us grow if you want us to. Uh, with that, we're on any type of podcast. We're, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of other third parties that I didn't even put ourselves onto but somehow found a way onto regardless. So then if you're interested in following us on any of our social media, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitch, we have a Twitter account and we haven't been, we haven't been very good on Twitch. We know that we're, we'll see if we can do better. It's just sometimes hard with Twitch and especially when we, we figure out how to do it. And then I run into technical problems and then the stream crashes. Like I'm just, that's what's most annoying, and that's why I, that's why streaming is a little bit hard for me because sometimes it it works one week and then doesn't work the next. So, yeah. and I think I mean I for me I was so focused in on getting the Last of Us done that I wasn't even thinking about streaming at all. So now that we yeah. have some more time, it should be easier too. Yeah, exactly. But again, thanks for listening. I hope you guys are enjoying what's now the beginning of summer. Feels like it's getting hot out, and yep. hopefully, you guys are all staying safe with COVID. So. That's going to be it from the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening. We will see you guys next time. Later.